0: This is Movies on TV Podcast Industries. We're back with the MCU and talking about Wakanda Forever.
1: Show them who we are.
0: (laughs) Welcome back, fellow Defenders. We're back in the cinema for Wakanda Forever, the 30th movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and the end of Phase 4. I'm one of your hosts of TV Podcast Industries, Derek. Hello
1: there, fellow defenders. I am one of your other hosts, John. Welcome to
0: yes, Wakanda forever. Yeah, we, we feel like we've been waiting a long time for this one. Um, I think Black Panther, the original movie, was the eighteenth movie in uh, in the MCU, Mad, isn't it? yeah. And now we're on the thirtieth film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, we uh,
1: did uh, the original Black Panther on Defenders TV podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was back like in our, the day, yeah, it was like
0: our hundred and thirty fourth episode. I think. Yeah. Uh, very gonna,
1: soon uh, after we'd covered. The
0: Punisher. That's on right. Marvel Netflix. That's how long ago it was. It was yeah. before all the Marvel TV shows on Disney Plus. I think it was before even there was a Disney Plus uh, channel, channel. Effectively, this is back when we had Netflix uh, TV shows that we were covering for um, for Defenders TV podcast. Yeah, uh, we have done a lot, a lot of stuff uh, since then. Lots of movies, as I said, twelve different uh, Marvel movies alone, uh, and then all the other TV shows that we cover even outside of Marvel. So uh, lots and lots of ground has gone by. Uh, since uh, the first time we covered Black Panther.
1: Yeah, definitely. If this is the first time you are joining us for our coverage of all things Marvel, please head on over to com, mm-hmm. where you can subscribe to any good or evil podcast catcher of your choice. Please subscribe and share the podcast because, of course, sharing the podcast is sharing, sharing the, the love. love. Yes. Um, and, of course... We love to hear from our fellow defenders mm-hmm. as well. So if you have any thoughts on Wakanda Forever or anything to do with the Disney plus Marvel shows that we've been covering, such as She-Hulk, such as Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. um, then please send your thoughts into feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Or you can join us over on our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tvpodcastindustries. podcast mm-hmm.
0: industries. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm looking
0: forward to hearing everybody's thoughts about uh, Wakanda Forever. Definitely, yeah.
1: Shall we get into our spoiler filled chit chat about Wakanda
0: Forever? Yes, definitely. So then, Derek, what
1: are some of the details for this movie?
0: Yeah, this uh, this movie was directed once again by Ryan Coogler, who directed, um, of course, Black Panther. Uh, the story for the movie was also written by Ryan Coogler. And again, screenplay for uh, Wakanda Forever is written by Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole, both co-wrote the screenplay for Black Panther as well. So um, great to have the full team back together. And it really does Definitely. feel like that kind of family movie, doesn't it? It feels yeah. like everybody that could come back has come back uh, for this movie. The movie, of course, starring Letitia Wright now, as Shuri, uh, Lupita Nyongo as Nakia, Danai Guerrera as Akoya, uh, Winston Duke as Mbaku, Dominique Thorne coming in as Riri Williams, uh, Florence Kusumba as Oya, uh, Michaela Coel joining the team uh, as Annika, Tonash Herta making his first appearance here as Namur. Yes, indeed. The, the Silver Mariner, uh, as he's called in the comic books.
1: Yes, of course, Martin Freeman returns as ever Ross. There is the wonderful Angela Bassett as Queen Ramonda, mm-hmm. uh, Alex Levin Ali. As Atuma, uh, Mabel Cadena as Namora, Julia Louis Dreyfus, of course, as Val, or as we like to call her, Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. And of course uh, a little surprise as well mm-hmm. with Michael B.
0: Jordan as Eric Killmonger. Yeah, great that they found a way to get Michael B. Jordan in here. He of course has played Eric Killmonger in uh, in Black Panther and did return to the role for uh, the What If uh, animated series uh, voicing the character there but I was really surprised to see him on yes. screen again. It was great. A great surprise. It
1: really was. Yeah.
0: And I also thought it was someone else in that moment mm. um, as well which we'll come to. We'll come to, it. absolutely. Yes. But John, do you want to tell That's what they gave us with your synopsis for Wakanda Forever. Sure.
1: Wakanda is in mourning after the loss of King T'Challa. Despite all of her technological advances, his sister Shuri wasn't able to save him. In the aftermath of T'Challa's death, Queen Ramonda tries to secure Wakanda's future after the world eyes up Wakanda's source of power. But when she tells the assembled world leaders that Wakanda will never share their vibranium, some of the nations align to find their own. In their rush to find vibranium, the US uncover a deposit of the powerful material outside of Wakanda, and awaken the hidden nation of Tolokan and their god-king Namor. After destroying the ship to keep Tolokan hidden, Namor reaches out to join forces with the Wakandans to find and kill the scientist who created this new tool to find vibranium. Princess Shuri, still unable to fully process her grief, is brought on a field excursion with Akoya to find the young scientist Riri Williams, after getting a lead from Everett Ross. But the Tolicans intercept them, taking Shuri and Riri. Meanwhile, Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine has reconnected with her ex-husband Everett Ross to investigate the Wakandan activities on US soil, learning of the new society under the ocean and Wakanda. She also learns of her former husband's traitorous dealings with the Wakandans and has him arrested. To rescue her daughter, Shuri, Queen Ramonda enlists the help of Nakia, who separated herself from Wakanda when T'Challa died. She's successful, but brings the ire of Namor. The god of the Tolikans attacks Wakanda and drowns Queen Ramonda, leaving Shuri all alone, angry and vengeful. Shuri regains the power of her ancestors to become the Black Panther. With a plan, the Wakandans draw out Namor and the Tolikans to repay the attack on Wakanda. In the battle, Shuri captures Namor, showing mercy to him instead of vengeance and creating an uneasy alliance with the Tolikans. In Wakanda, M'Baku steps up to take the throne as Shuri goes to Haiti to finalise her period of mourning for T'Challa. Shuri meets Nakia and Prince T'Challa, son of King T'Challa.
0: A very emotional movie overall. Definitely. Isn't it? Um, it is. I think I think we should probably just start quickly um, with what's your overall thoughts on the movie before we go into our points and discuss it in detail. John, what, what did you think overall of Wakanda Forever? Uh, for me,
1: I just thought this movie was great. Um, this is like, I think quite frankly, a really amazing MCU movie. Mm. Uh, in terms of doing something quite personal, obviously with the death of Chadwick Boseman mm. and, and how... They have done this sequel to the original Black Panther, yeah. but also introducing um, Namor uh, as well for me mm-hmm. is just fantastic. So I loved this movie. I thought it was really, really good. It's certainly long. Um, and yeah. I feel it deals with the theme of death and grief um, and how you process that. Uh, really, really interestingly. And also just, I mean, quickly in relation to, you know, this dealing with Chadwick Boseman quite personally, Mm -hmm. I I think they get the balance of it just right. I think there's the potential that they may over-egg that focus a Mm -hmm. little. Um, And I guess it depends on, on where you're coming from. I think what's really good is that the... The interjection of Michael B. Jordan in this movie mm-hmm. has a bit of a sobering thought around the eulogising of T'Challa, yes, uh, which is really kind of sobering and feels at odds with the rest of the film because effectively indicates his flaws as being too noble yes. uh, to to be a decisive leader. So yeah. it, it, it's, I, I think that little bit of balance that they have actually just centers everything around how this movie is doing a number of different things here. Firstly, it's telling a black Panther movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a sequel to the other one. It's part of the MCU. Yep. It's introducing a new character to the MCU in the more, yeah. but it is also a story that is having to deal with the loss of its lead actor mm-hmm. with Chadwick Boseman from a dreadful illness yeah, yeah. and I think it does that really really well I think it's quite a tight rope that you have to do to yeah. do that but ultimately I absolutely loved this storyline mm-hmm. I loved the the focus back on Wakanda and I loved the introduction of Tolokan and Namor yeah. and that whole society as well and it's just fascinating to me that they are, you know, Ryan Coogler has mainstreamed unapologetic Black African um, storytelling here, yeah. um, in a huge budget movie, yeah. and also now he's done that with miso Americans, um, you know, mm-hmm. in, in,
0: and I think that is just fantastic. It is, it is. It, he has such a great way of showing off and developing a nation developing a completely um unheard of society he did that so well in establishing wakanda in black panther and now he's done it again here with wakanda and expanding it the traditions that they have here particularly in the morning scenes for wakanda are really really interesting the uh the rules and rights and the uh the history that he brings to a society that doesn't exist in the world is really really good and he's done it again with the tolicans and with uh with namor it's really really good There's sometimes you you get a feeling for what marvel as a studio is like And I think this movie exemplifies it. They always talk about Marvel being a small studio with a family of people that work together on movies. And you can't believe it sometimes when they've made so many billion-dollar movies. There's lots of pushback against Marvel now because they're such a successful studio. But you see a movie like this, and you can feel in it, this is a small film being told on a massive canvas with a huge budget, but it is about this family of people mourning the loss of one of their central leaders. Absolutely. So many interesting things have come out since Black Panther was originally filmed about the fact that Chadwick Boseman was aware of his illness when the original movie was being filmed. He was very sick when the original Black Panther was being filmed. And he pushed himself every day to deliver this story that he believed in. And because of that, the rest of the group were so dedicated to telling the story on the screen. They knew how important it was because it was important to him. And that's why this mourning feels so earned. But you're right, the balance that they need to strike in the movie was really well done because it can fall over into mourning Chadwick Boseman as opposed to them t- telling the story yeah. about, about T'Challa. And it is really important to have Kilmonger rebalance that because while it's wonderful to have a movie mourning an actor... If you focus on that, then you lose the point of having the movie in the first place. So uh, I think they did a really good job. The opening moments of this movie are really emotional. um, And it it, it carries on throughout.
1: I think the opening and closing of it is where it really kind of uh, works uh, for me. I mean, this movie as well is is emotional. There's a lot around death here and people dying in the movie. Yeah. Um, Which is, you know, pretty on the nose in terms of the the number of funerals being had here. Um, I also think it is a successor to the Black Panther, but I almost feel it's slightly apart. This, to me, feels slightly distinct from the rest of the MCU in terms of what they were doing with this movie, even though it's got MCU running through it, I'm not saying it's not, yeah, part, yeah. but it, it feels a bit like the Eternals to me. It feels just slightly that the, the, a step's just been taken to the left, and I mean a good step, yeah. and told a story which is very personal, and mm-hmm. um, much more, in a sense, um, around its own world rather than the wider MCU. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I, I think... To me, it has that in common with something like The Eternals. And so Mm -hmm. in that respect, it may or may not necessarily be for everyone's uh, tastes. Um, It's difficult to know, to be honest. But for me, I absolutely love this movie.
0: Yeah, and if you haven't heard our other episodes discussing the the movies and TV shows that have gone on throughout Phase 4, this has kind of been a, a constant refrain from us as uh, people that are big fans of what marvel has delivered over the course of all of its phases but in phase four they feel like they're taking many more chances to deliver for more niche audiences for smaller audiences but telling the right story for those audiences lots of people that have complaints about marvel movies no longer being action entertainment that you can that every single person can go and see whereas i definitely and i know we've talked about it on on our discussions about the movies it feels like they are creating really new worlds and really new movies, doing different things with um, big budget blockbusters. You know, so, Something like Shang-Chi, which we absolutely loved, wouldn't have been, have been able to be made a couple of years ago in Marvel. They wouldn't have been able to make a movie like that. Something like The Eternals is a very ponderous film about the entirety of human history uh, into a movie. It was absolutely wonderful, but a complete departure from other Marvel movies and didn't connect with that mass audience. Yeah. And I do feel at times watching this movie, if you hadn't got the connection with the first Black Panther movie or didn't have the connection with uh, the character of T'Challa, you may be left behind by what this movie, the story this movie's telling. If you want to go out on a Saturday night for an action adventure movie and you're being presented with a couple of funerals effectively throughout the movie and a movie about mourning and loss... That may not be what you want to experience when you go to the cinema. That's absolutely that's, that's absolutely some people's choices. But because we have been following these characters for so long and these actors for so long, it did feel like a necessary thing to do with Wakanda Forever. So really, really enjoyed what they put on screen here. And, and it, it did feel... Um, like I was joining the collective mourning uh, as as the movie went on, kind of taking on that journey, which is where we start with our point number one, that kind of the intro and the death of T'Challa, the funeral uh, for T'Challa and how Wakanda all comes together. I think this was filmed beautifully, but Even from that opening moment where you see Shuri trying to create a cure for this disease that's killing her brother, obviously Chadwick Boseman not able to return for for any scenes in this movie because he had passed way before uh, filming began, but it's all th- told through shuri's eyes and that is the entire movie is really told through shuri's eyes yeah. um she was such a great comedy foil in the first movie she was she brought so much joy to the first movie and here you're seeing her broken down by the loss of her brother yeah um, and, 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 and not her only... unable to do anything about it
1: absolutely and and that is the key thing it's that sudden interjection of death and loss uh for someone that you care about Mm. that you see here. And it's that transition from her being the younger sister, the one constantly niggling, poking, sort of questioning the older brother. And it is this, you know, hugely intelligent, highly successful woman who understands technology, a scientist unable to find the cure uh, for the person Uh, she loves and uh, you know that is effectively the setup here yeah for shuri throughout this entire film because and it's about her inability to move away from the 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 loss of her brother how she processes her grief Mm -hmm. this underlying sentiment of i could have done something but i failed yeah Blaming herself and that being compounded throughout the the film um yeah. really until she's spoken through the ancestral plane by by her her mother, and so mm-hmm. you know i I thought this was a really quite fantastic journey from the first Black Panther movie with Shuri and how she was in that movie if mm-hmm. you look back at um and rewatch it to this um in in a sense growing up in a way of having to understand the traditions you know she was the she was the the young kid of the family, yeah. slightly irreverent of all these customs and traditions yeah. Yeah. not understanding why some of them are there, which is to help them process mm-hmm. different things, whether it's joy and in this case grief yeah. and loss yeah. and and being sceptical of the ancestral plane yeah. that um, the, the other Black Panthers uh, family members um, go to mm-hmm. and effectively feeling alone and consumed internally yeah. by, uh, by herself because there isn't that thing, that custom, and as the movie goes on, other people to be able to lean on uh, around this so uh, although this was you know that's a huge setup in these opening scenes but it's, Um, it's
0: also a huge part of our journey you know again it's that argument of science versus faith and there's some really interesting discussions that are in here you know i'm not a person of faith myself i am an atheist but i'm always really interested in the safety and security that some people get from their faith and in this society of wakanda they know that there is an ancestral plane where their predecessors go to um this is what gives queen ramonda her comfort and there is that really interesting discussion between shuri and, and ramonda saying you know i have this i have my faith i have my belief i have my knowledge of the afterworld that we uh, that we know is there from uh, in in for wakandans what do you have what does your science give you what solace does it give you um in your science to shuri i think that's a really interesting discussion that they have and Really, because of this kind of knowledge of the afterlife, I think that adds to the traditions of the Wakandans that you see in this funeral procession. There is joy in it as well. It's not just yeah. a solemn event. There is joy. There is a celebration that's going on as well. When yeah. we see the passing of uh, of T'Challa, there is a um, a coming together of the whole community. And I think it's beautifully filmed. The idea of them, of everybody in Wakanda all dressed in their in their white funeral garb. The idea from Queen Ramonda that once you are completed your period of mourning, then you burn your funeral outfit because that is the end. You, you close then that chapter of mourning and move on. Um, you know, all of these traditions that are, that are put in here, I think are, are really, really, uh, really good go and expand that world of Wakanda.
1: Definitely. And I, I think to your point, I thought that was one of the, Interesting things when she goes to burn the robes and Shuri doesn't see any point in this mm-hmm. custom. Yeah. And effectively is telling her mother, you know, you're you're leaning on the these customs and that that she just doesn't believe, it. believe in. Yeah. And to to what you said that Queen Ramonda comes back and says, Well what how do you process this? Exactly. What does your science or technology yeah. help you? How does that help you to yeah. process it? And of course the point is she isn't processing exactly. it. Exactly. Irrespective of technology, science or customs or or beliefs she isn't processing yeah. it as a person. She's stuck in her grief. She's yeah. stuck in her grief, yeah. exactly. And I think that's like was was so impactful mm-hmm. um, in, in this moment. So yeah, I mean a really head-on introduction mm-hmm. um you know, yeah. with with everything uh, and the death of T'Challa, um, effectively off screen, yeah, and yeah. so yeah, a very powerful introduction, Absolutely. um, and I thought it was a really interesting choice, uh, and I thought it was, um, really well done. Yeah. I think one of the notable absences at this moment in the movie for me was. Not seeing Nakia there, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was interesting, because you know, as the love interest of T'Challa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But we'll come to that uh,
0: as we move through the movie and discuss it. Absolutely, absolutely, because they do deal with all the, all the other impacts of uh, of losing King T'Challa, who had reached out in the past, who had this idea of. Um, sharing what wakandans knew with the world and setting up the outreach centers so we see the impact of that now five six years on actually because it's uh it's five years where we had the snap uh, and then we have a couple of years where t'challa had come back after yeah. uh, after the, the return from um from avengers uh endgame and now out in the world as the outreach centers that wakanda are, are managing and and uh, helping the world but what the world leaders really want is can we not have your vibranium to make weapons of course because that's what some of the world leaders are going to want. You know, you have these ama- this amazing um, material that we could use to make even better weapons to fight against each other. And I love where the regal Queen Ramonda is saying, You will never, ever get your hands on oh, my absolutely. brain. Absolutely. That is ours. We've had it for a millennia now. We know how to handle it, but we know what you would do with it the minute you got it. Yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: to be honest, I was there going, I wish there were more Queen Ramondas in international politics absolutely. because. Effectively, I, I love how she is both not direct and hugely direct mm-hmm. in her dealings with the the um, the the attack, sort of sponsored by the French delegation mm-hmm. to steal vibranium from one of the outreach centers, yeah. where she parades those troops through this huge conference center. Yeah. And, wonderful you know, it, of and and, and yeah. really saying, you know, we're not worried about vibranium it is about what you would do with it your Mm -hmm. intentions that's what we don't uh, trust here exactly and that's why we're not going to share it and of course this leads on to them looking for their own sources of vibranium Mm -hmm. having seen what it can do from a technological or military point of view yeah and so again it's just it's that global juxtaposition isn't it of the, the warmongering that happens and mm-hmm. um, e- everyone preaches peace, but is ultimately still building weapons, looking for the one-upmanship yeah. effectively. yeah. And um, like we see with, I guess, Ukraine at the moment. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- it's kind of a, a strong message. So, um, yeah, I love that. And I mean, you know, for me, Angela Bassett in this role was just oh. phenomenal. I love, um yep. I I loved her. Yep. Um I loved her the regalness, the the power, um the stoicism that she has, mm-hmm. you know. This is still um while she's grieving yeah. and having to deal
0: with this as the the current ruler of Wakanda. Oh, she's just amazing. I yeah. love Angela passage She brings such a heart uh to this movie and such a strength to the character. Um and wow, I love her white hair. Uh, what yeah. you do, like it looks, she looks absolutely amazing. Uh, and, and yes, yeah, you can see why she would be a great leader for Wakanda. Um You know, one of the things that stood out to me when I was watching the movie, um, how many central female characters are in this film? Yeah. There's so many scenes that had all female characters working together and discussing with each other about how to deal with the antagonists and how to deal with uh, the, the outside world. Um that I also think that's a really important move for the MCU. You know, they get a lot of criticism for that moment in, uh, Avengers Endgame where they had all the, all their female heroes at a time, uh, getting together to, yeah. to fight against Thanos. It was a two second moment and might as well do it, didn't it. It didn't impact the movie in any way, but you can see what they're, what they're like when they're able to do, uh, whole movie which is basically centered around strong female characters because they have so many here in the world of Wakanda you know we even have another one with Dominic Thorne coming in as Riri Williams a, another strong female character of Ironheart from the comic books so yeah lots and lots of strong female characters here led by Angela Bassett who is even Val always been as great. well yeah you yeah. know as effectively the director of the CIA she, Yeah, it, that, that's what I thought when, when they when she came in that she's the director of the CIA we didn't yeah. know that before this no. movie did we no we didn't no Well, we'll we'll talk about, I'm sure, uh, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine uh, later on uh, in in our discussion. But um, that kind of is the opening of the film. This is the setup of where Wakanda is and why the rest of the world is looking for vibranium. And and it's almost the push from Wakanda saying you'll never get your hands on some. So why don't you go and find your own? That kind of leads into the introduction of our big antagonist exactly. for the movie and, and well, our point number two yeah. yeah i
1: mean so the rest of the world goes digging and finds something very unexpected mm-hmm. um which is this hidden civilization of Tolokan. um well they find them because the rest of the world finds
0: this deposit of yes. vibranium in the ocean but uh, uh
1: yeah. it introduces us to the underwater city of Tolokan yes. and the God figure of uh, Namor as the antagonist in here. And mm. for me, this was really special. Um I absolutely loved it, to be honest. I think um, like, I'm not necessarily a huge Namor fan. I haven't, um, you know, other than, I guess, things like being in the Defender comics or with the Illuminati or where he's introduced in various different um, stories. Uh, I, I think He's a fascinating character because that protectiveness Mm -hmm. of his world, you know, underwater world of his people has always been strong with the character of Namor. Yeah. And it's really comes out here. And I think what I loved about this was linking it to effectively the colonization of Central America Mm. uh, by, uh, the Spanish conquistadors mm-hmm. uh, and how this is a refuge for the the Mayans that were slaughtered, killed, subjugated in the Yucatan Peninsula, um, you know specifically, mm-hmm. um, and how that sort of transpires. Again, similar similarities with Wakanda here in that you know, a hidden um, civilization. There is the vibranium aspect Mm -hmm. here that Namor effectively uses to create light or the sun underwater Mm -hmm. in the deep recesses of of the ocean. I love that um, you have... A plant growing in this vibranium-rich soil, and um, slightly different hue to it—a a blue mm-hmm. rather than a purple—and you know, so all these similarities between these two civilizations. Yeah, uh, but one that is still very much about protecting uh, it from the outside world, as the Wakanda of the past did before King T'Challa. Absolutely, uh, but. I love that the reason for this is because it is this refuge, mm. it is this new civilization, it is this continuation of this ancient um, you know, past civilization of the Mayans. Yeah. And I love Namor's backstory here mm. that he tells after he's captured Shuri. And I mean, this is still the hopeful moment where both the the Tolokans and the Wakandans can work together, Mm -hmm. even though Queen Ramonda believes she has been kidnapped. And I mean, she has in a sense, but it is a respectful one. It's still waiting to have a decision around whether these two civilizations can work together to protect themselves from effectively outside interference. Mm -hmm. And I love as... No more takes Shuri through how they came to be mm-hmm. in taking this this plant like the Black Panther does, but effectively turning them blue mm-hmm. and making them aquatic in, in yep. a sense or yep. semi aquatic, being able to withstand and using that as an escape from the Conquistadors. Mm-hmm. That you have this kind of beautiful moment with the the young Namor fulfilling his dead mother's wishes again, his whole thing as well is, has death um, sort of yeah. overarching it because she wanted to be buried in the land that she grew up. So it mm-hmm. brings her back to the surface in order to, to bury her. And you see um, the 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 colonial, uh, Spanish, and mm-hmm. um, with the the slaves of the the Mayan um, people still there, or maybe it's the Aztecs at this stage. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not too sure, but and him extracting vengeance again, another mm-hmm. strong thread through this Absolutely. this movie is you know if you blame someone for the death of um of someone you love, mm-hmm. it do you take forgiveness or do you have vengeance and retribution or vengeance. Yeah, yeah. again part of the point with shuri is in a sense that's why she's beating herself up mm-hmm. because she feels she is the one that let t'challa down yeah. and, you know yeah. so it, it it this is all really intricate but i love this backstory i love mm. seeing it i loved um then him taking her through uh, the city of Tolican, Yes. and absolutely. just seeing these smiling faces of people mm-hmm. doing their their agriculture going about having fun and yeah. uh, again just using that ancient um I think it's a welcome it's almost like mm-hmm. a handshake I guess um I'm not entirely sure but the the kind of almost open clamshell yeah um, sort of pose of the hands. I loved that. Um, I, I saw on Twitter that this is within the codex of the um, the, the Mayan uh, civilization. Right. Uh, and it, I think it's a, a greeting. Mm-hmm. And you see Namor do that when he comes down onto his throne as well later on yeah. uh, in a more open way. Uh, but it, it, it was just fantastic yeah.
0: i just really loved this and i um i love just seeing this new world absolutely and you know once again ryan coogler and, and joe robert cole creating an entire new civilization based on traditions and histories and but making it feel like a living civilization here as well it's really really good uh, to to the point of of namur the character himself you know in the marvel comics he's one of the oldest characters in marvel comics he's been around since uh since the very early days of marvel and what's so interesting about Namor is that he can be and has been used many times as an antagonist and the protagonist. He's yeah. been a hero, a member of the Avengers. He's been a very strong uh, member of the Illuminati. The but Defenders he's al- as well. Yeah, at the Defenders as well. But he's also been a massive antagonist, when, especially when there's some kind of attack on his home people and his homeland. He's very protective of Atlantis in the comic books, not Tolokan, but... Um, he's really protective of that. And, you know, that's why he's able to be used in a way like this. You do understand why he's so protective of Tolokan. They've, they've been hidden for so many centuries, just like Wakanda, but they never reached out. Whereas Wakanda did reach out. They had uh, people around the world. um, Whereas he's been keeping his entire people safe. And suddenly, because the world is trying to find vibranium, they're getting closer and closer to uncovering this nation. Effectively.
1: And the thing is as well, I love this change of it moving from being Atlantis to Miso-American mm. because it adds so much more to why he would want to keep them safe, mm-hmm. hidden, um, and, and prosperous in their own right. Not only is it this difference between... Being a, an aquatic civilization and underwater as opposed to being a surface civilization, and mm-hmm. um, it is also that due to his longevity, his age, he has the memories of the persecution, yes. of the violence, of the subjugation handed to his people mm-hmm. uh, when on the surface. You know, that's what makes that surface uh, and underwater differential. And what is so clever, I think, about moving it from being Atlantis, which you think of being primarily in, say, the Mediterranean, uh, Mm. you know, the Greek mythology of it, to uh, one that embraces um, Mesoamerica. And it really connects with you know, those, that ancient, the, the civilizations of Africa. So, you know, the, these similarities. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought this was just really great change yeah. to the origin of
0: this civilization mm-hmm. and more as well. Absolutely. And it's funny, isn't it? The, the reason they probably made this change is because of Aquaman, the DC movie, um which is based in Atlantis and it would be confusing, you know, and it's, it's one of those things that the movie was being written back in 2019, 2020. Um, and present in the mind is the Aqua movie coming up and they're, they're thinking, Oh, we can't do Atlantis as well at the same time. It'll cause confusion. And because almost being forced into that position, I suppose they create this amazing concept for the society, for the more for where it's coming from, for the reasons behind it. It's not just the hidden Island of Atlantis, which people know in mythology it's really creating a, a a really interesting backstory for the for the character yeah. and for for the society. Really, really and good. And
1: I, th- I think it just adds so much weight yeah. to it. Um, yeah. you know, it, and as I say, in the same way that it's kind of that running gag now for the Wakandans calling Everett Ross the colonizer. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> um, that. it's yeah. like it just it adds. I think this change so much weight, and I'm absolutely all for it. Yeah.
0: Yeah uh, this is this meeting really is all caused as you said by um Namor and the and the Telecans, uh looking for the person that created this device to find vibranium that the uh, the Americans and the French are using uh, across the world trying to find vibranium and it turns out this is Riri Williams this is the young uh, young character in college she has a very interesting um, character herself she does seem quite like Shuri doesn't she she seems quite like Shuri in the first movie yes. uh, that kind of style of, of uh, talking really fast and knowing everything <laughs> she's really intelligent um, and she's quite a funny character and interestingly uh, I did learn that Dominique Thorne had tried out for the role of Shuri uh, in the first Black Panther so she was in the mind of uh of Ryan Coogler from then when she tried out for the role of Shuri so it's interesting that the caster here is her Riri Williams and the two of them are kidnapped and brought to Tolokan so that's why we get the whole uh introduction in this way and it does feel really friendly it feels like there's a moment there where you could have a Tolokan Wakandan alliance versus yeah, the rest exactly. of the world which works really well but on the surface in Wakanda it's it is leading to Queen Ramonda being really aggressive about what's happened to uh, for the loss of shuri she's now saying she's lost everything she's lost her husband she's lost her son she's now lost her daughter and all because um akoya the leader of the dora Milaj, had taken shuri away to try and break her of the mourning and loss of her of her brother yeah, the
1: wallowing yeah the wallowing
0: exactly but it's gone so bad that now akoya has been kicked out of the dora Milaj and Queen Romanda wants to reach out to the only other person that she trusts to get her daughter back, which is Nakia. And that's how we get Nakia back into the story here.
1: Yeah. I think the other thing as well, you know, this is all done by Namor effectively infiltrating into Wakanda. Yes. uh, Bypassing all their Mm senses, all their defenses, and speaking directly to the queen with his proposal of... um, Effectively interrupting the burning of the morning mm-hmm. uh, garments, yeah. um, and offering this alliance, mm-hmm. um, showing the machine that can detect vibranium. But I guess the, the the hinge here is that the scientist Riri Williams, who created it, must be killed. Yeah, and um, that's it. And the the great thing about this introduction um, to Namor. Uh, is just the fact that a the Kahuna's to infiltrate mm-hmm. Wakanda, yep. also showing his strength by this machine sh- suddenly and without them seeing, being sort of placed uh, on the on the shores of of the the lake mm-hmm. that um, he's he's kind of come into Wakanda uh, by, but also you know he's very clear this this is the whole antagonist you know yes i want to be an alliance member an ally Mm -hmm. but it has to be done my way like there is an uncompromising nature to how namor delivers that offer effectively to queen ramonda and effectively freaks her out so she's on edge you know the whole because this person has got in, come directly to the Queen, Mm -hmm. um, and there's an edginess here. And that's the thing. You're seeing this wonderfulness of Tolokan. Shuri absolutely questions about killing the scientist, uh, doesn't want that to happen. Um, And you see Namor still being um, adamant that, he will do anything to protect you know that yeah. there is a single-mindedness here to what he's doing yeah. and i love that there's an uncompromising element in some ways to to
0: no yeah and weirdly it's kind of unspoken that they make the decision not to allow riri williams to be killed the the wakandans when they when they meet her because of her age and because she's in college but it's not really spoken the issue here is not that she's young it's that even by killing her that wouldn't have solved the problems of Tolacan. Yeah. Effectively, what we hear from Ruby Williams is she wrote this whole paper and she created this tool to find um, Vibranium just as a project because someone told her that she couldn't do it. So she did it. But it was taken and created by the CIA, by well, by the by the US government. That's that's what happened with it. So even if they did kill Riri Williams, the plans are all with the government, so they can just create another machine. It's yeah. nothing to do with um, whether they kill her or not. It wouldn't solve the problem. But that's what the whole cooperation between Talakan and Wakanda would hinge on. She she has to die there, yeah. and then we can work together. But Nakia does break into Talakan and free Shuri and um, and uh, Riri Williams, taking them back to Wakanda which leads to this massive attack of the tolokan on wakanda absolutely I, I think for me i just love this
1: reflection this contrast here in this moment in the movie of the hope and joy of seeing this new civilization the you know the people of tolokan being happy uh, their protective leader shuri is amazement and wonder at this as well mm-hmm. you know she is in awe of it and yet the, it's it's the, the twitchiness of Queen Ramonda with everything that's gone on yeah. and knowing that there is an undermining of this potential alliance right there and then which happens with Nakia uh, stealthing in effectively mm-hmm. and, and rescuing Shuri and Riri but also killing uh, two of two of the guards yeah and so you know th- even the queen is involved in that by by calling uh namur who offers her a shell mm-hmm. after he makes this this offer to her of an alliance um, and that moment um on the beach as well you know that threateningness of just as namur you know just leans in to queen ramonda mm-hmm. to say what he will do to protect his people absolutely and and this ultimately i guess moving to our point three Mm -hmm. is the kickoff for it's not a full attack it's actually supposed to just send a message but i mean it looks
0: pretty full on to be honest and that's why it's so scary though uh, for the wakandans for everybody there because if this is him as half power with just some of his forces and they effectively overrun it like a flood coming through Wakanda, li- quite literally. In fact, you see walls break yeah. down. You see people drowning um, all the way through Wakanda. This is how invasive it is. The water that uh, powers Namor more and, and uh, where the Tolokans hide can get anywhere within, uh, within Wakanda it can, it can break through walls. It can break through glass and ends off killing Queen Ramanda. Namor goes straight to Queen Ramonda trying to get her to give back Riri Williams or kill Riri Williams. And again, when she refuses, they create this massive tsunami almost of water that washes through the It's like the water bombs room. effectively. Yeah.
1: Could you imagine if you had them in school? <laughs> um, I mean, these are explosive water bombs mm-hmm. that effectively flood entire things or can yeah. disable ships like we see later on. Yeah. Um, I think... It was really good. And I mean, that image, which was also off the trailer, where you see Queen Ramonda with Riri Williams behind her, mm-hmm. and you see just the reflection of Namor using his spear mm-hmm. to try and break the glass. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I, I love the uh, Tolokan singing as well to sort of like mind control. Yeah. To, to, to bring, we see it on, uh, we see it where they're effectively pulling the Wakandans, into the water mm-hmm. where they can then get the upper hand. It's the Siren Song yeah, uh, it from, is. from Greek A- mythology. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. The, the yeah. Siren Song. It's really, yeah. really we'd see, uh, good. We've seen that it. earlier
0: when they took out the uh, the international ship that was trying to find the the vibranium where they effectively call all of the, uh, the the sailors off the ship to drown them. And this time, they take out all the EMTs, all the emergency me- medical team from Wakanda and make them all jump into the water, um, which is Really shocking, considering we're about to lose Queen Ramanda, and without any ENTs, um she's unable to be safe. Absolutely, uh, we also see the the strength of of Namor
1: here as well. You know, he takes out a number of their flying ships. You know, he can fly as well mm-hmm. as swim, very very fast. Oh yeah! And I loved uh, the look. I loved the pointy ears. I loved the wings around mm-hmm. his ankles. Just so good. And um, we see the strength with M'Baku who tries to um, take him out when he sees him coming onto Wakandan soil Mm -hmm. Uh, effectively just with sort of his arm raised he deflects mbaku's attack mm. and punches him very far yeah. and we and hear him, his weapon as well this is this exactly is. we hear as well mbaku saying later he has the strength of the hulk so mm-hmm. you know no is hugely hugely powerful yeah um and yeah i mean ultimately you know this is a skirmish for him to send a message mm. and Then we have this moment, as you say, with Queen Ramonda uh, drowning and dying to save Riri Williams. This is who she is protecting um, from the Moor uh, all the way through. And she Mm. goes down but just loses all the oxygen and ends off dead. Again, another huge moment for Shuri. She now has lost her father, her mother, and... um, her her brother yeah. so again it's that next sort of strike to Shuri's, just in as a person her you know this uh, additional layer of grief yeah. that she is unable to handle and um, and i think it's it's hugely profound for shuri as the character Absolutely. i you know i wasn't expecting yeah. queen ramonda to die i mean i really wish she didn't because I've, you know it's the second funeral we see with them with their white and mm-hmm. um, funeral garments on the the coffin uh, another yep. coffin and so just Yeah, I just really wasn't expecting it. And again, it just added a layer of power to the effect
0: it has on on Shuri. Yeah, I I, I didn't expect it at all. And, you know, they they do have drownings in tv shows and movies for years and i don't think i've had this moment for such a long time where i'm willing the people who are trying to save her to to get her to breathe again it really i was holding my own breath yeah. waiting for queen Romanda to breathe again you know riri williams eventually uh surfaces after after she also had had drowned but she comes back queen Romanda, unfortunately doesn't but yeah it, it was one of those moments where i'm going please don't kill that character because yeah. she's so important but it is important for the story of Shuri to move into being able to, uh, become the new Black Panther. And it also gives us this great moment of development for the character of Mbaku, um, who starts to become really important for the, from this moment onwards, I think, yes. from the, from the death of Queen Ramonda, because he starts to reach out to Shuri because she has nobody else and uh, none of the rest of her family are there. I think it's a really, uh, touching moment at the funeral where he seeks her guidance given that she's now going to be the new queen of Wakanda, um, he wonders whether um, he should allow the rest of the Wakandans to relocate to his homeland, to his home territory within Wakanda or not. Um, And I think he's extending an olive branch to her to say we can work together as leaders of this community. But I'm also here to have your back and take care of you. I think it's a, a a great moment because of of how the movie ends and where where Mbaku gets to in the end of the film. But um, but it's empowering her as well as him as a character. Absolutely, like I absolutely love this character of Mbaku. Oh yeah, uh,
1: played by Winston Duke. I mean, it is, as you say, it it is that development again from being the outcast tribe. Mm-hmm uh from the first movie here to rescuing T'Challa giving safe harbour to uh Queen Ramonda back in uh after Killmonger has has taken on the Black Panther mantle and imposed mm-hmm. his his view or uh, as the ruler of Wakanda. And you know, in that moment where he is speaking with Shuri it's also you you get that sense of the relationship that he also had, even though it's being done off screen with Queen Ramonda. Mm-hmm. It, it is that duty to her. And even Queen Ramonda, where she is a, when she strips a coir of the Dora Milaje, mm-hmm. uh, at general ship, she is also speaking to the rest of that Wakandan council. Absolutely. And um, where she pointedly set talks of, uh, M'Baku and his tribe helping her, mm-hmm. they are the ones that helped her, everyone else fell in behind Killmonger mm-hmm. you know, that speech she gives is phenomenally good yeah. so powerful and you you get this sense of this closer counsel between these two characters that you don't see on screen, but you get it here in this moment where he speaks with with Shuri, and I really, really enjoyed that because yeah. that made huge amounts of sense to me. That in some ways the outcast tribe that was always seen as the internal threat in Wakanda, and mm-hmm. um, through their actions from the first Black Panther movie, for for Queen Ramonda, he, he was seen as her sort of non-family counsel per, the person she could lean on mm-hmm. and, and I, I like how you know we hear of akoya's former husband who effectively led the 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 introduction of killmonger yeah, in yeah. where Queen Ramonda saying, you know, have I not given enough? As Akoya is saying, my husband's still in prison. You know, I've yeah. I've sacrificed everything. And it's countered with Queen Ramonda saying, have I not given enough? Yeah. You know, you can still see your husband, mm-hmm. which is interesting that he's still there, still alive, yeah. even though we don't see him. You know, another interesting sort of touch point here, just to remember for potentially future mm-hmm. um movies is that we have the person that led the betrayal the the uprising uh, and allying himself with um, Killmonger mm-hmm. is still there in Wakanda under arrest yeah. um, so interesting stuff.
0: And I think we would have seen I mean, him, uh, Daniel Kaluuya obviously has become a really big actor, has been in so many great movies uh, since then but I think he was filming uh, Nope when the filming for uh, Wakanda Forever was going on so he was the only person that couldn't return uh, of the major cast so uh, so you're right there is just that reference that he is there, Akoya can visit him if she chooses to but she chooses not to because he, of what he did to Wakanda so she feels she's lost everything but now, uh, Kunda has had lost everything, uh, and um, but this this moment between Umbaku and uh, and Shuri re- really does lead her to go on her journey to discover um, her purpose, and that that she needs to become the new Black Panther. There needs to be a new Protective. protector of yeah. Wakanda, um, so that they won't suffer the kind of losses that they all suffered from uh, from no more which is our point number four because this was all the speculation for the last two years um, i think since the first couple of images started coming out uh will we get a new black panther will there be somebody else who's going to be in uh the uh in the suit and they really really play with it i think uh, in the movie yeah, yeah. i think they really do i think there's loads of people uh that are that are possibly going to be in the suit you know akoya being thrown out of the door malage there is a moment between her and shuri where you're kind of thinking oh maybe shuri will give her the suit because she's the most powerful one of the most powerful warriors within uh wakanda and then nakia also returning uh to wakanda yeah. um and you get the reason from nakia why she couldn't be there for the funeral she tells shuri that it wasn't king t'challa's death it was the death of her everything the person that meant everything yeah. to her it wasn't just the leader of of wakanda that had died so you get this idea that maybe she's being inspired to take over the mantle of Black Panther as well, you know. And then you al- you also get this thing of well, Riri Williams is there, you know. I know in the comic books she's Ironheart, and I know in the trailer we'd seen the Ironheart outfit, but there is a possibility that the yeah. suit that uh, that Shuri's going to create is going to be handed over to uh, to Riri Williams, but it does land on the exact person that we all pretty much expected it was going to be Sure, he does take on this role and the reason she's able to is because this is what she was trying to create to save the T'Challa a synthetic version of the heart-shaped flower um, that bestows the powers of the Black Panther this was what she was trying to create to save the life of T'Challa and now with the experience of learning who Namor is and learning about the Talakans and the connection she's able to replicate and connect her um, research into creating this, uh, synthetic version of the flower with, uh, with the and with the telecans and yeah, with the flower. N- they
1: had. It's from the gift that the mm-hmm. gives to her while she's at tolercan, yes. which has elements of their plant. Mm-hmm. And it, it's from analyzing that, that she's able to then recreate the full profile of the heart shaped plant that she can then effectively, uh, print and, yeah. and 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 then grow we see them planting them later on as well yeah. to create a new source of the
0: the purple heart shaped flower yeah and, and a real a real kind of throwback to the science bros uh, back in the avengers where hulk and, and iron man were working on a problem together here we have iron heart and uh, and uh, shuri working together on yeah. this problem as well i thought that was really cool um, but she's not only doing it to create Black Panther. I think she's also trying to get to the ancestral plane, which everybody tells her is true, but she doesn't believe in because of her science mind. This this idea yeah. that you can't have faith and science but, is and I, totally within her. Exactly. I mean, I even love the fact that as she is taking
1: on the, the crushed f- potion mm-hmm. of the the purple flower, she says, "Don't bury me." Yes, as well. Yes, you know, it's it's like I I don't need that.
0: Yeah, uh, you I'm doing really your ritual. Me. I'm doing what you want me to do. But really, you know, inside of her, she's going there because she wants to have that moment with Queen Queen Ramonda or even with T'Challa. Yeah. Um, she feels that she will be able to see her see her ancestors here, even though she didn't believe it. But it's because she's lost so much. She wants to have that solace that Queen Ramanda says uh, she should get by visiting the an- ancestral plane. But here we have the shocking, uh, I think, <laughs> return yeah. of Killmonger.
1: Which is, is probably more to do with her psyche. And it is this whole idea of vengeance. I mean, I, I this, this was great for me, mm-hmm. but the two elements here. Firstly, because when she came into the ancestral plane, it was underwater mm-hmm. and because she had used the... The, the plant from the Tolokans. Mm-hmm. As she came out of the water and in the, the Wakandan throne room, you could tell it wasn't her mother, but I was thinking, is this Namor? Is this somehow Namor has infiltrated into this yeah. ancestral plane because of the use of their plant yeah. in, in, in finalizing the DNA? It wasn't. And it was even more of a surprise because it, as you say, it was Killmonger. And I love just how Killmonger effectively I'm here because this is what you wanted. Mm -hmm. Effectively. Your, your father would have killed the scientist. He killed his own brother. Yes. You know, he also gives a reason which I can't quite remember why Queen Ramonda is not there. And, and, with T'Challa, it is the point, in his mind, in his view, T'Challa, the Black Panther, was too noble. Mm-hmm. Um, it clouded his his strategic sort of ruthlessness. Yeah. And it is Killmonger's ruthlessness. And he says, this is why you want me. Mm-hmm. And again, it's playing into Shuri's notion of, Vengeance here now against the Tolicans because of what happened and with the murder of her mother. Yeah, absolutely. And by by Namor. So yeah. the, you know, this gets all very kind of you know deep and thick around and almost like a molasses of what of Shuri just wanting to extract revenge. Yeah and that's why killmonger is there yeah. as one of her relatives in the ancestral plane yeah. that that's the advice in this moment that yeah. she's looking for
0: but but isn't it isn't it so different for uh, for this movie here having this idea of the ancestral plane which are the real people who died that's who she's talking to this isn't a figment of her imagination this yeah. isn't a dream or a version of her thoughts she's drawn forth the actual era killmonger to almost encourage her to take vengeance um she's she's looking for that she's not looking for her mother to calm her down and and allow her to deal with her grief she's looking to stay in that grief and stay in that yeah. pain so that she can fight against namor and take out all of the pain and vengeance she has she still hasn't recovered from the loss of her brother and now her mother's gone she wants someone to tell her it's okay to kill um namor and blame everything on him. Yeah. And Eric Killmonger is that person. I thought it was a, a, a fantastic scene, but her rage when she gets back uh, from the ancestral plane, her rage at uh, at not being allowed to see her mother and having Eric Killmonger tell her that she is, uh, that she has to use violence effectively, uh, where she takes that out in, on Nikia, um, takes that out in the tra- traditions of Wakanda, which she doesn't believe in, as, as we know. She takes, she, she has that moment of, um, of anger, um, which reveals that she has got the powers of the Black Panther as well. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. I also love the aftermath of this as well, because mm-hmm. she reveals
1: herself to the council who are all up in the mountains in M'Baku's homeland after they've moved, effectively, Wakanda to safety up in um the, the mountains. Mm-hmm. And again, there's that moment of council where M'Baku questions this plan of hers to go after namor and the tolicans because he is a god to his people and all this will bring on wakanda is endless war and i don't want that for you i don't want that for my people Mm -hmm. again this this you know if you go to war and it's not just soldiers it's all of your society that has to, to
0: deal with this.
1: Exactly. It, it is whether it's frontline,
0: mm-hmm. civilian casualties. So And they've I, seen I, that he can just walk in through the door. Like, you know, they they they've been a, a society that's been protected for generations. Yeah. But he can just walk in along with all of his of his troops and destroy Wakanda and all of its but, people. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I love this council from Mbaku. Now sure he doesn't take it on board there and he goes with her. Um, you know, but you know that he sees this as the wrong choice, and this is the kind of that first little sort of nod to her, possibly that stays in the back of her mind to some extent. That this is not how it should be done. It's not what T'Challa would do. It's not what her mother, importantly, would do. This is Mm -hmm. trying to, you know
0: take vengeance for the death of her yeah, mother yeah create this all-out war um but it does lead to shuri creating even more uh, suits of armor for uh for the uh more powerful members of uh, of wakanda uh we have akoya and annika who are both uh former members of uh of the Dora Milaje, getting their midnight angels outfits. yes uh, these are uh, in the comic books these are the kind of um Closest guard to Black Panther. So you have Black Panther and the Midnight Angels, who are another uh army of the Dora Milage. There's about six or seven Midnight Angels who all have their own uh their own outfits, their own uh really powerful outfits, uh, like we see here with the and Annika. And we also get Riri Williams creating her first Ironheart suit. Um, so quite similar to Iron Man, really, <laughs> but uh, yeah. but we know uh, we know that at uh, that Tony Stark could create that in a cave, so uh, so we have her with all the resources of Wakanda uh, to hand. I kind of like, the, it's just a little nod, but I kind of like how much leeway Shuri gives to Riri Williams. She kind of goes, uh, here you go, you have everything at your disposal. Do you know what you're doing? Yep, yeah, grand, off you go. It's not like she's standing over and teaching her yeah. how to do things. She knows Riri Williams is able to do this herself, but this allows the Wakandan army to have some really powerful um, weapons at their disposal, effectively yes. with Black Panther, the Midnight Angels, and of course Ironheart, and of course the the actual uh, the Dora Milad themselves are very powerful, and Baku and his tribe are really powerful and really strong uh, fighters. So they take the war to a place away from uh, away from Wakanda, into the center of the ocean, effectively, um, to yep. start this battle and draw out the Talakans Yeah, the with
1: a, a new uh, vibranium detector. Detector, Mm -hmm. um, which then sends out this pulse that means they have to come to the surface. And I mean, it it is, it's just, I I think the thing is, as well, with these new suits, with the Midnight Angels, with Ironheart, it is also, you know, as we saw with the fight between Akoya and kind of Namor's, one of Namor's right hand uh, people, the Tolikans are significantly powered up compared to a wakandan because okay. they all take this um leaf mm-hmm. uh that gives them a, the powers and we see that in the battle it, it, uh, on u.s soil between yes. koya that you know she i mean she takes out a number of just regular foot soldiers but mm-hmm. they all come back um, and and mm-hmm. so these enhancements are to try and even the playing field here in this sort of mid-ocean uh, battle, which still with that, it's on a knife edge. You can see the Wakandans getting pushed back and back Absolutely. towards as the battle progresses. We see Namora taking out the Sonic to to relieve that. Yes, we see um, Namora going
0: after um, Ironheart as well mm-hmm. in the suit. We have yes the the right hand of Namora Namora who is the cousin of Namor great to see her played here by Babel Kadina. Um I think she's a bit more villainous in the comic books there is a nod to that towards the end definitely uh, but we'll talk about that yeah in a second. definitely and we but, see yeah. Alex Livin
1: Livinali, who is a tumor who is the mm-hmm. kind of the big guy with the flat hair dress yes. on and um, again a repeat of the warrior battle with Akoya now that she's suited up in her Midnight Angel outfit. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, this is all going on, but the ultimate plan is to capture Namor um, and effectively dehydrate him, desiccate mm-hmm. him, because they've they've realized that his powers... Now, I thought this was a strange thing, I have to say, okay. that his powers came from the water. Mm-hmm because earlier on he says that he is a mutant Uh, that's why he is different from the the rest of the people Mm. and he doesn't have this blue hue to his skin Mm -hmm. and has pointy ears and the wings uh, Mm. around his ankles so it was interesting that then they've almost kind of placed a little bit of this limit to his power by saying that if you dry him out enough
0: he weakens, uh, he which, weakens. We, which we yeah.
1: see after they capture him. But yeah. it takes But he's still time. powerful. Yeah, like he... when,
0: when out of the water, he can still fight. So he's still Absolutely. very powerful. It's almost like he just has to recharge exactly. occasionally and go yeah. back into the water. So, um, yeah.
1: And so they capture him and try and dry him out. Mm-hmm. But he downs uh, the Wakandan ship. Yeah, um, And we have this battle between him and... Uh, shuri as the black panther i mean i almost thought she was going to die as well because he effectively uh runs her through with a spear yeah, yeah. Um. so yeah i was like oh my goodness what are we gonna get three death oh, well another death in,
0: yeah, in uh in this movie the entire we, family are dead in one movie and
1: then so. i with shuri the suit heals mm-hmm. her very quickly mm.
0: I, I'm guessing which the suit heals her enough, but she is still in pain yeah. after she takes out Namor. It's not it's not an instant healing, but you can see it uh, in knitting her her skin yeah. back together. But that moment where she breaks the staff so that she can, she can pull herself pull this the staff through her, yeah. uh, that the spear that she's been stabbed with that she can pull it all the way through that really shows her strength definitely um, and the fact that she's not willing to lie down or die uh, exactly.
1: Yeah. And I think then we have the moment where Shuri has to decide who she is will mm-hmm. you know as she's taken no more out as he's hugely weakened she has this blade against his neck and it is you know is it the path of mercy mm-hmm. and in effect some forgiveness mm-hmm. for killing her mother or is it vengeance to take the revenge for killing uh her mother mm. And I love the fact that in that moment she has this ancestral vision of finally of her mother, yes. who doesn't tell her what to do, just mm-hmm. says, "Now is the time to show who mm-hmm. you, are. you are." Exactly. And I thought it was great. I yeah. loved it. I it was really just perfect.
0: Absolutely. It's you don't have to be me. You don't have to be your father. You don't have to be your brother. You have to be you. You have to make your decision and decide what you're going to do in this moment. And she chooses mercy, of course. Um, you know, that, that's that's the right way to go here. You can't just kill uh, Namor. And by her showing this mercy to Namor, this kind of creates peace between the two the two uh, armies. Um, he realizes what Wakanda is really all about, and that they aren't willing just to go to um more for the for generations over this um that they can work together that there will be some alliance between the two of them
1: well and she uses her leverage of effectively having a blade to his throat as Mm -hmm. well in that you know you won't kill this scientist but we will keep your secrets we won't tell anyone Mm -hmm. and no more here you know takes her offer up yeah. And they come back to effectively stop the fighting on the ship out mm-hmm. in the ocean as, you know, where it's fairly desperate for the Wakandans, they're, yeah. they're pushed to the, the the bow of the ship yeah. uh, by the the Tolicans. I hate to say it, the Wakandans would not have won this battle. No, they think. wouldn't. Yeah. Um, and of course, as you say, a bit later on, we see here Namor and Namora. Um, Namora being almost a little bit miffed that mm-hmm. they Absolutely. didn't finish off uh the Wakandans here they had the edge, mm-hmm. they had the ground, so so to speak, uh <laughs> on, on the water. and yeah. um, and you you get this you get this the beautiful duplicity of Namur, this antagonist mm-hmm. outside of him. You know, he's not he's not good, he's not evil, he's you know, he's both at the same time in mm-hmm. a sense. He is that where he says because the rest of the world will direct their focus on Wakanda, not on us. Exactly. You know, this yes. is why I did it. Yep. Um, it is that strategic long game is they will keep their secrets, but the rest of the world will ultimately have their focus on Tolokin. Or mm-hmm. so he believes, but we do see that Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine mm-hmm. or Val for short. Yeah. Don't call her Valda. But don't call her that. <laughs> uh, does know about this new civilization yes, because of her underhand uh, sort of bugging of her ex-husband in Everett
0: Ross. You can who, kind of see why they're exes if she's yeah. willing to bug him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, and arrest him. And arrest him, of course. Uh, but she did seem to know where the where he keeps the handcuffs in his home, right? Uh, so, mm-hmm. so they definitely had that relationship before. Um, that That is quite an interesting touch, isn't it? Because it, do, it, it did feel like that was... Um, kind of just giving uh, everett ross something to do uh, he's no real connection with the story here but being the spy for wakandans within the u.s being the one that's able to give them the information about um the tolicans and about namur and and what what the investigation that's happening uh, in the u.s is and what they're doing uh, gives him at least a storyline but bringing in val here makes it a much bigger thing because we've yeah. seen that character putting together this force of uh, maligned superheroes i guess yeah. i guess we'd say or maligned powered people uh over the course of uh, of things like faf with the falcon and the winter soldier and, and black widow and um, we've seen her kind of recruiting over over the the last uh yes. all, all of her appearances but now it looks like she might be finding her target for the people that she's been recruiting over the last while in uh, in the Tolikans. so uh, so she now knows all about it so while they may think that they're safe and secure um Someone someone, 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 on the surface
1: knows, yeah, and yeah. it is the director of the CIA. So,
0: yes. yes. That's the whole movie itself. Um, we yeah. usually talk about the post credit scenes, but this, again, a bit of a surprise as to what's sitting in the post-credits. At the end of the movie itself, Shuri goes uh, to Haiti, uh, meeting up with Nakia to effectively close out her morning uh, there's something that's been so central to her character and her her movement as a character throughout the movie she goes there to to follow the traditions that her mother laid out for her that when you are finished your mourning period you burn your funeral uh, outfit um which yeah. she does on the beach has that moment as a, a great oh, Absolutely uh, tearful uh, moment for most people in the cinema when we were watching it last night. Where yeah. we do see Chadwick Boseman in the role uh, of of Black Panther all through the memories of Shuri uh, at the end of the movie, which leads directly into a post credit scene. And this has happened before within Marvel movies where the post credit scene feels like it should just be in the movie. It just there's no reason why you wouldn't <laughs> yeah. have this extended scene because that's what it is. It's the end of her morning and Nakia. And her son come to join um, that the morning that they missed out on for T'Challa since they didn't uh, go to the funeral of of T'Challa back in uh, back in Wakanda, and it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's really is.
0: I must say, thought this was
1: really kind of well done. That we see that you know Nakia and T'Challa's relationship because in some ways it was there in Black Panther. You didn't know the mm-hmm. depths of it, and we have here the the depths of it with the introduction of Prince T'Challa, King T'Challa's son, mm-hmm. and Nakia's son, and also the reason why she didn't she she removed herself from Wakanda, knew about his his illness, and you know they agreed that if he died, when he died, that they wouldn't go to. The to Wakanda for the funeral ceremony because he was still too young. He did wanted to bring up his son outside of the pressures of the Wakanda court. Yes, it almost feels a little bit like a touchback to Killmonger as well, in a sense, in terms of um, his uncle. Yeah, sort of wanting to just remove, you know, from the pressures the stress the expectations whatever it might be Mm -hmm. of wakanda and being in the royal line Mm -hmm. um and you know him marrying um just a a a non-wakandan and having this son okay that's not the case but it just that that kind of little touch point of removing sort of being from the expectation of the royal yes. court in Wakanda,
0: absolutely, absolutely, and you know when they do uh, even reference the fact that uh, Queen Ramonda has met her grandson, she yes. she does know he exists and do, and does understand those reasons for Nakia not bringing him back to uh, to Wakanda. But a, a beautiful closing scene, um, and I wish again, I, I just wish it was in the movie because always when Agreed. the credits roll, especially when you're watching a movie uh, at night in the cinema, always when the credits roll, people stand up and walk out, and um, they think you know. Post credit scene, not for me. I'm exactly. I'm off. I'll, I'll watch it on YouTube next week. But it's that's a weird thing for this post credit scene because it's so connected to the previous. Exactly. scene. Exactly. Um, to
1: me, it felt that the post credit scene would have been better with the scene of Everett Ross being rescued from incarceration mm. by Akoya in her midnight angel suit. Absolutely. Because uh, it just had the gag as well of her going well, there's a sight seeing the coloniser in, in chains. In chains. Yes. Um, I just felt that would have been the kind of best, better mid-credit, end-credit scene yeah. for for this movie. Because you're right, if people have gotten up, they've
0: just not seen this really important yeah. sort of development. This scene that just feels part of the movie. is not yeah. even that it's massively important. We're not going to see Prince T'Challa um, become Black Panther in the future. Uh, we may see it in 20 years, but we're not going to see this... Uh, young actor back no. uh, in the next movie as uh, as uh, Black Panther. But that is the other post credit scene. People forget this. That this used to be the kind of post credit scene that we used to get back in the 80s and 90s. The announcement that there is going to be a sequel and we will see Black Panther return. This is uh, laid out really clearly. Yeah. We ha- we didn't know what was going to happen in this movie, whether we would get a-, a Black Panther or not. This is Wakanda forever. This isn't Black Panther 2. It is uh, Black Panther Wakanda forever. But the question was, would we get a Black Panther? We now have a Black Panther. And the final post-credit, if you want to call it that, is Black Panther will return. So we know we will see Shuri back as uh, Black Panther in the future, which is a it's a big announcement uh, to make at the end of the movie. Yeah, uh, of course, Ryan Coogler in talks to uh, to return hopefully uh, for the next movie. He did say he wanted to walk away from the project, as most people involved in the project wanted to walk away from it when uh, when they did have the loss of, of Chadwick Boseman, because this is such a personal. Uh, journey that they've all been on together and you can you can hear that there's a great interview with uh tanishi, tanishi coates uh is doing a uh a, a official podcast about the making of black panther and there's a great interview with uh with ryan coogler where he talks about the challenges that were there um for him to yeah. to return to this so he is in talks to come back for black panther 3 i hope he does i think he's a great director absolutely and he's, god he's such a star for for what they're what they're uh delivering but his um, sensibilities
1: mm. with
0: these characters I think is just spot on. Yeah, and there was an announcement uh, last year that we would be getting a TV series focusing on Dora Milaje coming from Ryan Kugler That he was uh, he was spearheading that. Haven't heard many updates uh, since the original announcement uh, that he was going to be involved in. The, there was going to be a, a six episode series on on uh, the Dora Milaje. Uh, we have seen them appear in the Disney yes. Plus show and, and uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier. We saw uh, some of the Dora Milaje appear in there. So. Um, all kind of set up for future uh, Disney Plus shows, but you know, if it's going to be on Disney Plus, if it's a Marvel show, we will definitely be covering it here definitely. on TV Podcast Industries. Yeah. Is there any other things you want to talk about from the movie? Anything else that you want to, um, that we haven't talked about uh, in our extensive discussion about <laughs> Wakanda of Forever, John?
1: The only thing I kind of had in my mind when they went to uh, Riri Williams's university campus, mm-hmm. and I thought they said it was in California. And I actually wondered whether when they said the inventor of this vibranium detector uh, was a young scientist out Mm -hmm. of Caltech and on the West Coast of the US, I didn't know that that was how they were going to introduce Riri Williams. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, is this going to be Bruno from Ms. Marvel? Oh, wow. Well, uh, no. Because, <laughs> you know, again, young scientist, yeah. hugely uh, clever, um, very adept at all the tech stuff. So I, I initially thought, are oh, we going to get Bruno here? He's the one that sort of has developed this. Um But alas, no. So, yeah, yeah it was... Uh, just whilst I was there in the cinema, that came to mind in that moment in the movie.
0: Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that. And we are getting an Ironheart series with Riri Williams at the centre of the of the story. So potentially that's where we see Bruno.
1: Yeah, and she hmm. did. Riri Williams did talk about someone who helps her. Mm-hmm. So it
0: could be Bruno. I Don't could know. Be. Maybe we'll have to check that out when we watch uh, this movie again. But will we watch Wakanda Forever again? Overall, John, do you defend Wakanda Forever? I absolutely defend mm-hmm. um, this
1: movie. I give this five Tolkian bubble baths out <laughs> of five. Um, nice, yeah. I just, I just loved all the sentiment of it. I think it walked a really good line of um, eulogising Chadwick Boseman, but mm-hmm. also the character T'Challa in this uh, and the Wakandan society doing that. I think, you know, the themes are very adult around death, grief, vengeance. And this might not be for everyone. It might not be uh, everyone's idea of, of an MCU movie, but I thought it was really powerful. I, I think it's, um just shows you how they're able to do this. I think Ryan Coogler absolutely... Um, spot on in terms of the pitch, the pacing, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the direction on this. And I think, as I said before, his sensibilities around the Wakandans and now with the Tolikans, to me, um, is absolutely spot on for, for me. Yeah. Um, and what can I say? Loved the introduction of uh, Namor here mm-hmm. and the Tolikans. Um It just made me so happy seeing this and um, he's a great character you know he's not easily defined mm. he has the honor of protecting his people he has that nobility but he is also duplicitous he is yeah. conniving in a way mm-hmm. uh, and we see both of those he's he's not entirely likable um, but i just love this introduction here and i i, I would love to see a film just f- with the Tolkien civilization mm-hmm. and and the more and um, I absolutely love Tenor hueta here and um, as Namor. yeah i, I really, really um you know seeing Atuma and namora as well really really good. I actually wanted to see more of them mm-hmm. I don't feel you got to know them quite the same and yeah. um, say as. The other people around, say Queen Ramona yeah. or uh, Shuri, but that's to be expected. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: there's a lot going on in this film.
1: Well, so, this
0: this is a Wakanda movie, like it's yes, exactly. Know, but introducing exactly. those characters, and they, they they do feel a little bit like featured Talikans rather than real characters in I, themselves exactly, in this movie. And I, exactly. I hope we do see them back in
1: future. So back. I really hope we get to see more mm-hmm. of uh, Talikan here because I uh, just thought sort of the whole sensibility of it. it was great Shuri's journey amazing angela bassett wow yeah. just fabulous here and yeah. um, so pleased um to just see her act effectively so yeah. powerful sort of delicate gracious um regal just amazing yeah. uh, loved that there was the cameo of killmonger with Mm -hmm. michael b jordan coming in how that connected in with um with shuri so for me um absolutely great film loved it um five tolican bubble baths out of five for me
0: Derek, do you defend Wakanda forever absolutely and it's really interesting we, we re-watched uh, Black Panther earlier on this week in preparation as you do uh, when you're watching a sequel yeah. for, for an MCU movie and my comment at the end of the movie was I forgot how much I loved Letitia Wright in that role of Shuri and I hope they don't take away that sensibility they had with her that joyful sensibility they had with her in that movie and they completely took that away from the, yeah, first, exactly. the first second of the movie she is in pain And it is amazing. She's the central character of this movie. It is her story. For better or worse, we lose Queen Ramonda as well. And that adds to Shuri's story and her reason for becoming the Black Panther. The separation that we see here, that it's no longer the King-Queen is Black Panther. It's it's now Black Panther as a character, the protector of Wakanda with her own uh, honor guard almost, with uh, with the Midnight Angels. That creates a new character that... Letitia Wright can now embody and become her own version of Black Panther in the future. I think that was such a great choice, along with saying goodbye to Chadwick Boseman.
1: And yes, what we didn't mention, uh, and again, loved it, that Mbaku comes to challenge for the throne yes. of Wakanda, and mm-hmm. in terms of that separation of and um, the the throne and the mantle of
0: yeah. black panther and specifically calls out Shuri is not go- going to be here she has other things to do so he is effectively going to become uh king yeah, of which is fantastic love it love yeah. it um yes overall absolutely defend this movie loved it to pieces loved what they did and i think it was it's one of those moments that you can feel the love from the cast for this world the pain they had to go through to to make this movie um and it feels like a an exploration of grief within the Definitely. MCU. It's not going to be for everybody, but what movie is uh, these days? You know, there's there's no movie for everybody anymore. Um, this phase of Marvel particularly has had some of the most standout, interesting, different films, looking for and speaking to different audiences. And I think Wakanda Forever is another great example of that. I hope it has as much success as the first Black Panther. Hopefully, even more than the first Black Panther, because. It is one of those movies I think you 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 do need to see if you love uh, Black Panther I, yeah. think it, I think it's a great Absolutely. Uh, a a great sequel yeah. and a great movie overall. Definitely
1: let us move on to feedback we've got a few uh,
0: items of feedback yep. from our fellow defenders yeah we're recording day after release so uh, very early so i uh, know a lot of you are watching the movie uh, this weekend uh, we do want to hear your thoughts you can email us to feedback at tv if you if you have any thoughts uh, on on the movie or you can go on over to our facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tv podcast industries spoiler post on there for like every time that we cover a movie or tv show spoiler post on there for wakanda forever
1: exactly at uh, speaking of facebook and facebook groups uh david mr writer says man they got me i held it in and held it in but that post-credit scene right at the very end can you keep a secret Mm, i dropped the denzel tear (laughs) this was so well done and shuri wow the maturity of the actress Mm. she went dark the surprise cameos too neymar laid fear into your heart don't get me started on the intro by the way gut punch right from the get-go mm-hmm. perfect movie touch of humor some horror mm. drama and pain i don't know what to expect but i love love loved it yeah thanks thanks uh david i actually yeah i didn't mention it there in the discussion but you you've Picked up on it that horror um, element that was brought into here as well. The two deep sea explorers uh, mm. going to the machine and just that that element that was really of good. it. Yeah, and just even the the siren song where you know everyone's in a trance. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost like uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers in that kind mm-hmm. of sense. That that you know your body being taken over. Mm. Uh, really, really good. That was great. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I definitely caught that kind of horror side of it as well, and yeah. you're right. There is a lot of uh, emotional moments uh, for mm-hmm. sure in, in in this movie.
0: Yeah, and you're right. another one we didn't mention: there is some touches of humor, but there's a really interesting one that I liked, where Mbaku is seeing the tolicons arrive in Wakanda on the backs of whales, and he kind of laughs at it. He's like, "This, this is pretty weird." But that turns into horror in itself. That turns into oh God, they're coming in and using all of the ocean creatures as well, yeah. and they can destroy us. Um, I like that 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 they gave that moment to him where he's where he's kind of looking at what's going on. Uh, you know, humpback whales coming in uh, with uh, the Talikans on top of them, and then goes. Uh oh this is not going to turn out the way i think it is yeah uh, you know uh, i thought i thought i thought that was an interesting nod but uh, but yes uh total yeah. good punch from the opening uh, and and yeah if you didn't uh, deliver your uh, your denzel tear by the end of the movie um well, you're probably Chris, our other co-host, <laughs> who says he never cries at films. But uh, there are many moments uh, of emotion. Uh, and I think by the end of the movie, it had, it had fully drawn me in without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks, thanks David. David. Yeah, We also got a, a quick message from Penny Lennox, who says, Maybe after I've seen this movie two or three times, I could find something not to like. But I kind of doubt it. Excellent stuff, yeah. Penny. Yeah,
1: I, I- completely agree
0: yeah i think i think it is a big emotional roller coaster i think as as we said the only thing i would say is if you're not in the mood to watch a movie about mourning and loss um it may not be one that will come to the top of your list every time or top of my list every time to watch but i think it's a beautifully made movie i'll definitely be watching it many many times again i think it was such a great accomplishment uh to be able to do this
1: We also got some feedback on Facebook from Sandy Resenders, who says, I wasn't prepared to cry as much as I did. I honestly thought we'd get the death in the beginning and then they'd move on. But they carried it throughout the film. I actually loved how they handled it. I'm done ranking these movies, though. I just know I enjoyed it and it was well done. Probably could have been 15 minutes shorter and add those 15 minutes to Thor, Love and Thunder. But I really enjoyed it nonetheless. Great stuff, Sandy. Yeah, it was. It was absolutely um, had those emotional points here with just how they dealt with everything mm-hmm. uh, around the loss of T'Challa and by extension uh, Chadwick Boseman. And, and I think you're right. Um, I didn't realize it would be as tightly woven into the movie um, as as it was. And I don't just mean around T'Challa's mm-hmm. death, uh, but also just how... With uh, Queen Ramonda and just the effect on Shuri and sort of just her dealing with grief or not dealing with it, as the case may be, Mm -hmm. uh, with everything
0: else going on, uh, I thought it was uh, really well handled. Absolutely, absolutely. I know what you mean as well, about, Sandy, about, about trying to race the MCU movies now. This is the 30th movie, as we mentioned earlier on, of the uh, of the MCU. So it's a very difficult at this stage to rank uh, out of the 30 movies, but I know this is quite high up for me, I'd say that.
1: Definitely. Mm. I've actually
0: started two top five lists at oh, this stage. Enough. Yes, <laughs> Top five, anything with Doctor Strange in it. second well, top exactly. One, the other stuff without Doctor Strange.
1: <laughs> well, that's bias as well. Like, sure. I mean, for me... Like, I would say this is better than Multiverse of Madness, mm.
0: but Multiverse
1: of Madness was just a great ride. you like more. And <laughs> it
0: was Doctor Strange. Exactly, exactly. Good stuff. Thanks, Sandy. Donald Dennis also sent us his feedback. He says, I really enjoyed the movie. It was good. The assault on Wakanda was pretty amazing, and presentation of both, the, of both of the cultures was pretty phenomenal. The afterlife scene was great. The assault on Wakanda was really exciting. I also like how MCU continues to use future heroes, the MacGuffins, to front load a bit of a character development and make using them in future movies easier. I really expected the feet wings were going to look absolutely stupid, and while they didn't carry them off completely, it looked much better than I expected, and its fight style was very dynamic. All of the water scenes were dark and murky with minimal depth of field. I know that was a special effects budget issue, but a few grand vistas of the undersea areas would have cranked up the visuals of the movie. I find it hard to believe that the giant ship was undetectable on the surface of the ocean. I wish it had looked neater. That whole final ship board fight was underwhelming, except some of the stuff along the side of the ship which reminded me of the second Wonder Woman movie. I agree, this movie probably needed the big Marvel fight scene at the end, but this one felt slightly small and gimp by budget. In all, though, the movie was good. I think it excelled at opening the world up and exploring the richness of different possible superhero cultures beyond the traditional hero movie. Good stuff, Donald. Um, it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? I, I actually didn't think there was much um, in the way of bad CGI in this movie or, or anything to do with the budget uh, cramping the movie. Um, I thought it all looked really good.
1: Yeah, overall. no, I, yeah. I did too. But I think what Donald has, has raised here is probably a fair point in terms of the ship i guess it felt constrained because it was on the ship mm. Um i guess the expansion of it was the kidnapping of namur mm-hmm. to the desert effectively yeah. or the attempt uh, at doing that so um yeah that it was kind of um maybe just tighter in terms of the area that certainly the Wakandans, as non-aquatic surface dwellers, mm-hmm. uh, were able to, you know, they were constrained by that ship. And, and I think you, I think the point that Donald raises about that ship being undetectable, yes, I mean, mm-hmm. you would think they would know it was there. Um, I guess it, you know, I still don't really have a sense of any technology that the, Tolokans have really Mm -hmm. other than having the herb the blue herb and Mm -hmm. and being hugely powerful they haven't used it in a technological way like the wakandans with their their purple herb so Mm -hmm. i think um it's one of those interesting things i guess that you know it's like them using the whales and the killer whales Mm -hmm. and, and those elements Even you know the bombs that they use; these kind of water bombs Mm -hmm. seem to be, again, it is technology. There, so there is something, but it's that side of it was a little difficult to to know quite where they are technologically.
0: Yeah, they certainly haven't put all of their. Uh, resources into technology like the wakandans have No, exactly yeah yeah well really interesting donald great to hear your thoughts i'm glad you enjoyed it as well
1: yeah good stuff thanks donald and we also got some email feedback from coffee and vodka who says greetings fellow vibranium bound defenders super shiny recency bias prevented me from seeing the sophomore slump through the screaming goats that was thor love and thunder i was determined not to do the same with wakanda forever It had to win me over in all aspects, not just spectacle. It absolutely blew me away. With no clear villain outside of the coloniser nations which lit the initial fuse, it had believable characters possessing understandable motivation, drama, action, humour, and of course spectacle. All within a beautifully written and tightly knit plot. More than a worthy companion to the first movie, People will be arguing which one's better for as long as Reddit exists. Mm-hmm. Ryan Kugler's writing and direction were amazing. It wasn't just T'Challa's funeral, but Chadwick Boseman's in a heartfelt tribute. Namor, which so easily could have been a character portrayed as pure comic book cheese, was well represented as a caring ruler and a viable threat. Even his ankle wings were majestic, a sentence I never expected to write in my life. <laughs> Shuri's growth under pressure, Eric's dream quest appearance, the loss of Queen Ramonda, Riri's introduction, a very real looking underwater kingdom, Everett's former ties with Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, and so much more. Looking forward to watching both Black Panther movies in succession. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Five fancy flying feet, Touching tributes and Riri built Red cutis out of five. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka. P.S. With all the rest of everything going on in this movie and the war it sets up against the U.S., thunderbolts anyone? The reveal of T'Challa's son is hopefully not a plot thread forgotten in the future MCU. Yeah, mm. I hope so too, because, I mean, it is highly significant, that, really. Is, yeah. And so, definitely... Um, I I hope that T'Challa's son, Prince T'Challa, uh, is someone uh, that you know probably has a good speedy growing up, shall oh, maybe, we say? Maybe, and, yeah.
0: You know, at least within the medium term of the MCU. Yeah, I suppose if you think about some of the uh, child characters that have been shown in the MCU, we've had uh, the two kids of Wanda who yeah. uh, are supposed to grow up to become young Avengers, You know, and they're young at the moment. They're only 11 and 12 themselves, so uh, it'll be a while before they uh, make a big appearance as, as their superhero counterparts. Um, and then we have Cassie Lang, of course, uh, Scott Lang's daughter, who has been aged up because of the snap. Yeah. They've, they've been able to age her up uh, into into a fully grown character for the next uh Quantumania for the next Ant-Man movie. So uh, there are ways that they can do it of course. Um I, I think it the emotional button that it that it puts on the movie itself though, uh, knowing that Nakia had a child with uh, T'Challa and that uh, Romanda did actually meet her grandson. All of those emotional buttons were really important. Definitely. Anyway, so hopefully we'll see uh, T'Challa back in the future, especially if we're going to get Black Panther 3 starring Shuri. um, Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, And I I think completely agree with everything um, that you've said here. I I think for me, it just, you know, there was the spectacle, but there was absolutely everything in between. And, uh, you know, for me, um, I thought Shuri um, was phenomenal in this queen ramonda phenomenal um i absolutely loved um Namor here as Mm -hmm. well like you said you know the ankle wings were just felt like they should be there with how he he battled yeah and i just loved the fact that you know he wasn't a clear villain Um, yes he's attacking wakanda yes he's just something absolutely dreadful in in a sense drowning Uh, Queen Ramonda. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, he didn't do that purposefully. It was because she goes to save Riri. Um, But for sure, um, there is that protector, but as you say, that viable threat. I mean, Mm -hmm. I still feel when he leans into Queen Ramonda on the beach as she is effectively um, doing a diversion tactic uh, so that they can rescue Shuri. Mm -hmm. Um, I just thought that was really impactful yeah. like how uncompromising he would be to protect
0: his people Absolutely. and um, for sure i thought that was really really good yeah absolutely thanks so much for your email coffee and vodka great to hear from you and great to hear your thoughts
1: yeah thanks coffee and vodka and thank you to everyone who's sent in feedback for our
0: um black panther wakanda forever good stuff good to hear your thoughts uh-huh I hope to hear from a lot more of you uh, on our email address and and, uh, through our Facebook group uh, as you see the movie over the next couple of weeks. That's it for our coverage of Wakanda Forever. We have lots and lots more stuff to come for the rest of the year. Uh, A little bit of a break for Marvel at the moment, but we will be back with Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special at the end of November.
1: (laughs) fingers crossed fingers crossed
0: let's hope it's gonna be good yeah absolutely yeah i think i am praying i think you know they've, they've done one special this year which was werewolf by night which was their halloween special released five weeks before three weeks before halloween now they're doing their holiday special releasing uh, around thanksgiving in the yeah. us i guess uh, but it's a, a, a christmas themed uh, holiday special from what i understand um the trailer was a bit of a laugh. It was actually, you know, uh, and a bit gives of a, me hope. A bit of a throwaway comedy uh, movie from uh, from James Gunn. Hey, we can we can try it again. Yeah? Absolutely. We will also be back
1: covering Marvel Assembled for the making of She Hulk, following our coverage of She Hulk mm-hmm. um, with the bar exam results from the pub quiz as well. Yes. And we yes, will we have be... to announce our winner of, we, we of, the, really of the bar do. exam. Yes. It's been a couple of weeks now. Um and we will be touching on the director by night making of uh, werewolf by night as well, which was really, really good. It was, um, wasn't it? Yeah. It yeah. was very
0: cool. Yeah. I we like that. We have had complaints about the assembled documentaries that they feel like um kind of press kits they're called, where it it, it kind of touches the surface level of what it's like making one of these movies you know the the standard talking heads to camera that tell you oh we had a bit of a challenge here or or you know the cgi didn't work here or whatever whereas director by night is an actual documentary about a person who has wanted to make a marvel or a a big budget movie for years it just happens this person is composer michael gianchino and the documentary maker is his brother who has access to everything that he's done since he's a kid really interesting really different uh documentary and a really good one so uh, looking forward to talking about that a bit more Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us for We're kind of Forever. I hope, uh, hope you enjoyed the movie and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast if you uh, if you want to hear more of our thoughts on uh, on all the movies and TV shows uh, that we cover. Uh, just pop on over to tvpodcastindustries.com or search TV Podcast Industries on any good or a villainous podcast catcher. You'll exactly.
1: Yes, you can support us by sharing the podcast as well mm-hmm. and sending in feedback. We love to hear your thoughts. We are also over on patreon.com forward slash TV. podcast industries or buymeacoffee.com forward slash tvpi Uh yeah but in the meantime fellow defenders it has been great coming back into the mcu and talking about wakanda forever Mm -hmm. in the meantime and until we're back next keep watching keep listening and keep defending Bye. bye
0: bye